Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Guys, I love Wednesdays, and it is for a lot of different reasons, but I will tell you that I love the opportunity to give you guys a little bit of hope. I know last week my friend Parker, man, he brought some heavy, heavy, heavy self-reflection that I'm hoping that you guys are still remembering that stuff that he shared about, um, you know, would you be friends with you? Uh, would you? Would you trust you? Are you living a trustworthy life? As you look at yourself in the mirror, would you be friends with that person that you see? Are you being the type of person that is friend-worthy? I love the challenge that, that he gave you guys because he was talking about loneliness. And, you know, you look in a room this size, and he even brought this up last week. I'll bring it up again. There's people that are sitting in this room surrounded by hundreds of people that feel isolated and alone. And there's a natural response that we have. And it's that we reach and we grab and we scrap when we're living in loneliness. We scrap and grab for intimacy. We want relationship. But here's the trouble. We sometimes settle for cheap knockoffs. You guys know what a knockoff is? Some of you don't. There wasn't enough yes. I'm going to explain this to you. Let's get to those pictures that we got up here. First slide. This is what a knockoff is. Do you guys see this? This is not Superman. This is Special Man, right? You get Special Man for $1.99 at, at, at the Dollar General. Next, we have, we have Game Child. Not to be confused with Game Boy, you can get this one for $5.99 on some uh, nasty looking like website that looks, you know, like they're going to steal your money. You could get yourself a Game Child. Next one. Oh, yes, the I. Pinoho, see that? The iPinoho 6. They didn't, I love this, Parker pointed this out. They didn't even bother with going first gen on that. They were like, no, it's the iPinoho 6. Definitely a knockoff. Next one. Oh, one of my favorites. The new, new style ninja tortoise. New style, right? You guys know the song. So it's like tortoise, tortoise in a half shell. Not to be confused with the turtle, which is the marine-based animal, right, Gavin? But a tortoise, which is land-based. All right, next one. Oh, I don't even know what they're trying to do here, guys. This is, this is the Star Knight. That is, that is Darth Vader on a motorcycle. So I can't decide if they're going like some kind of police Lego thing crossed with Star Wars. Yeah, I don't get it. But, but my favorite, now don't go to the next one yet. My, we're at last slides next, right? I think it is. So, you know, everybody's wanting them a pair of Air Force Ones. When you can't afford yourself a pair of sweet, clean-looking Air Force Ones, you get yourself a pair of Mikeys. Like, everyone get them a pair of Mikeys. You know? <laughs> so, so there's a few things. Hey, there's a few things. That I'll, go, that I'll go cheap on. Like, man, sometimes off-brand Doritos aren't bad. Sometimes, hey, if you're thirsty and it's hot outside, Mount, Mountain Lightning or Dr. Thunder, it's not terrible. It goes flat really fast, right? But seriously, though, we're talking about allowing ourselves to become satisfied with a, with a knockoff, a fake 
uh, untrue version of intimacy. Because you and I, you and I, everybody in this room has a natural desire to be known, valued, and loved. We want people to know who we are. It can be as little as like, hey, they know my name. They know where I'm from. They know, they know the things that I struggle with. Or it could be like, I want to be valued. Would someone just, just listen? Is there somebody out there that, that like cares enough to pay attention, to maybe ask me a follow-up question, right? We all have that desire to be known, valued, and loved. But the trouble is, we allow ourselves to settle for a cheap knockoff version of what, what it genuinely looks like from a scriptural standpoint to be known, valued, and loved. So this first thing, what it means to be known. Man, I don't know if you guys have ever been there walking down your school's hallways, walking into a new class. You feel like nobody knows you. You feel like, you feel like nobody, maybe nobody gets you. It's like, man, they don't even know what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm like into. And so what you end up doing is you change who you are just for the sake of having some people to quote unquote know you. And you become known as the person like, yeah, that's the person with the jokes. Yeah, that's the person that, that does their hair that way. Yeah, that's the person that always has the sweet shoes. Yeah, that's the person that's always got a, a snappy comeback. You become known for something that is so shallow, but it's because we want to be known. We want to believe that there's something unique about us that, that is worth something. And so I want to read to you guys out of Psalms 139. This is going to be a long section of scripture that I want you to follow because this is what it biblically looks like and sounds like to be known in the way that God wants to know you. Because the way that God wants to know you doesn't require you to change a thing about who you are. You get to be purely 100% you. And you don't have to change a thing about you for God to know who you are. And I want you to listen to these words from Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me, and you follow behind me. You place your hand, a blessing, on my head, such Knowledge of this is too wonderful me, wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride on the wings of the mornings, if I dwell in the, in the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you, God. To you, night shines as day. Darkness and light are the same. You made all the intimate, delicate, inner parts of my body. 
You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You knew me. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. The writer of that that psalm understood that God knew him intimately, completely understood him. There is no place that he could hide from God. There was no facade that he could create. There was no persona that, that he could try to possess as a person that God wouldn't see right through. There was no sin that he could hide. God would see him completely. And God knew him. Man, students, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know if you get stressed out I, about trying to like live a fake life. Trying to pretend to be something that you're not. So that a group of people that really, honestly, probably don't care about you a whole lot will be impressed by you. You change the way you do your hair. You change the way that you dress. You change the way that you talk. For the hopes of some group of people will affirm of who you are, and they don't even know you. That's insane to me. But I did the same thing, and I wish I hadn't. Because God is looking at you and going, child, I know you. I knew you before you were born. I knew the struggles that you would have. I knew the way that you would, you would be tempted and you would, you, would, you would pretend to be one thing. Instead, uh, you would be another, but your heart would want to be genuine and pure. But because of peer pressure, you would change the way that you're living. I knew that about you because you can't hide from God. Sometimes I think that, like, our online presence makes us feel like we can pretend to be something that we're not. We're just going to post the highlights and the good things and the wonderful things. And it's not the complete picture, but we trick ourselves into thinking that that is who we are. Students, I'm telling you right now that God sees you completely. He sees the beginning of your life. He has seen the end. He sees all the days in between. And he knows you. And there's nothing that you can do to hide from him. And this is the good news because some of you are like, I hope some of you are panicked right now. Because some of you, when I said that, if there's no place to hide from God, yes, God knows what you were doing last night. That's the truth. God knows the lies that you've been telling. God knows the secrets that you've been hiding. God knows the deception in your world. God knows the wrong things that you've been doing, the way that you've been hurting people, the way that you've been talking to people. God knows all of that. And you should have a little bit of fear strike your heart right now. But here's the good news is God doesn't just know you. He values you. Now the cheap value that we settle for 
we work for things that we think are going to add value to our life. Like we think, we, think that, we think that if we make the team, if we make the grade, if we get the chair in band, if we get the, the section leader in a show choir, we think that that adds, adds value to our lives. We think that a job, yes, I'm an assistant manager now at the fast food restaurant. I have value. Thank you very much. Like, we think that that adds value to our lives, but it's all shallow and a fake version of what true value is. And true value can only come from the one who made you. I don't know if you realize this. To put it kind of in a funny manner, many of you may know that I enjoy a good cup of coffee. I will make a cup of coffee. I will never take a great cup of coffee well, I actually do do this before, and put it in front of someone that doesn't like coffee and go, hey, tell me the value of this cup of coffee because they'll take a sip and go, that tastes like garbage. I value that at zero and I'm going to throw it in your face and don't ever bring that my direction again. That's how they would value it. But in the hands of someone that, that like, Made the cup of coffee. I understand where all my beans came from, the process, all that nerdy stuff. Here is the thing that is wonderful, you guys. Psalms 139 said you are God's workmanship. Ephesians chapter 2 says you are God's workmanship. It's mean that you are put together by God and he is the only one that can place value upon your life, upon your soul. He is the only one. But instead, we settle for a knockoff. We allow our value to be determined by, by, by a status. We allow our, our value to be determined by a peer group. By, a, like I said, a starting position. We allow our value to be determined by, like, like if parents heard me say this, they might shoot me, but by your grades. That is not where your value is determined. But we settle for that. And so we fight and claw and scratch for these knockoff versions of being known and being valued. And we're like, man, I'll do anything to get that role. Because if I have that role, it's going to add value. But here's the truth, students. You guys that like... You're riding high in the plane right now because you can shoot a basketball through a hoop or because you're fast. You're going to be old someday. And all that junk's going to be over. What about your value then? You will find your value in that stuff. What about your value then? Hey, you girls that find your value in your popularity, guess what? When middle school's over, when high school's over, your little popular squad isn't going to matter. So where's your value going to be found out then? Because you've settled for something lesser and something cheaper. You've allowed that to happen. Why would we not allow our creator, who, who we are his workmanship, created to do uh, Scripture says created to do the good things that he has set before us to do. Why would we not allow the creator that put us together to give us value? Zephaniah 3.17 says this. 
says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. Listen to this next part. is just wonderful. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. That word rejoice, some of the translations translate as like, like a loud shouting and declaring that like nobody could stand against this. I will rejoice over you with songs. And I think about my life, students, look at me. Look at me. You guys that are so distracted right now, you students right there in the middle, I want you to hear this. Yeah, you that has turned around backwards, I want you to hear this. There is nothing of value that I could offer Creator God. There is nothing about me that is worth singing over, being overly rejoiced in the eyes of God. There is nothing that, that I have done to earn God to rejoice over me with singing. I look at it this way. Any parent that has held a newborn child, that I've said this numerous times, all that child does is eat, poop, and sleep, and scream. And maybe they'll get to a certain age that they're like, they're like cute and maybe they, they might be fun then. But for the most part, they're just literally pooping all over themselves. That's what babies do. But you know what? A father will hold his child. A mother will hold her child close and rejoice over them with singing. Because they see them as wonderful. They have immense value for their children. Parents will do literally, literally almost anything for their children. A good parent will do that. Because they see the value in their child. And it doesn't matter what their child looks like. That child has offered nothing to that parent. But lack of sleep and dirty diapers and getting peed on while you're changing those diapers. That is literally all that child offers. But that child has immense value. Guess what, students? God looks at me the same way. God looks at you the same way. That is the value that he has placed upon your soul, your heart, your life. Why in the world would we settle for a cheap knockoff version that I get my value from my social status and my, and my position on athletic teams and all this other garbage? Why would we settle for the cheap knockoff? And the last area is this. We want to be known, valued, and we want to be loved. And the major problem is this, students. We have so corrupted the concept of love. We have diluted it. We have made it shallow. We've made it something so insignificant that you would almost say it to a stranger or someone that you barely know. We've boiled love down to, to, to as if it would have anything at all to do with your gender or your sexuality because it doesn't. Love has everything to do with sacrifice. That is true love. And we've confused it and we've diluted it and we've settled for a knockoff. Our hearts long to be loved. We think that it's physical contact with another person. No, that's the cheap knockoff version. 
Greater love has no one than this, that a man would lay his life down for his friend. Jesus Christ has called you, you, as you are sitting there, his friend. As you are sitting there, he has called you his friend. And he has laid his life down for you. We witnessed two people walking into oneness with Jesus. They were loved, known, valued, and loved completely by their Savior. Why would we settle for any cheaper version? Why would you settle for anything less than for God to know you completely, for him to value you the way that he sees fit as his workmanship and to allow him to love you completely in spite of your imperfections. Nothing you can do to earn the love of Jesus. There's nothing I can do to earn the love of Jesus. If I, if I think that I've lived a great life, whoop-de-doo. The love of Jesus is a gift offered to me and my life has been changed in light of that. I'm hoping that those, those two young ladies that stepped into the water of baptism, I hope their lives are forever changed by the Holy Spirit transforming them from the inside out because of the power of God's, God knowing and valuing and loving who they are. Some of you students need to step into that tonight. Step out of loneliness and into true intimacy in being known, valued, and loved by your creator. Let's pray and let's continue to worship. God, Father, I ask your spirit to move into this room. I know there's students that are wanting to get up and move right now, but Father, I pray that your spirit holds them in this moment that they would consider a God that knows, values, and loves them perfectly and completely. I pray that you would keep them here in this moment as long as you need them here. In the name of Jesus, amen. Who am I that the God of creation would want to have... Uh, to, to give me value, to know me, to love me. Because some of you honestly have stories that are painful enough that Satan's got you fooled into thinking that your God does not know you. And like I get that, life can hurt, life can be full of pain. But when you ask the question, who am I that, that God would choose to love me and to know me? It is very simple, friends. He looks at you with the loving eyes of a parent and goes, you're my child. What else do you need to know? What else do you need to know? Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.